it is um, a peaceful happiness and you feel excited in front of that happiness but it's pretty warm and pretty nice excitement it's kind of a slow one <laughs> This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. Together, we will break all the stereotypes about Ukrainians so that when the flag of Ukraine is lifted anywhere in the world, everyone will know Ukraine and its unique culture because today Ukraine has a dynamic new generation that will change the world. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me, and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then, from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for Ukrainian children. And thank you. Thank you all so much for the support. More than 230 people participated in this project for Ukraine, from the vice president of the Helen Marlin Group to the vice chancellor of the UGCC Church to the president of the Erasmus Student Network Kiev to the president of the World Trade Center Kiev, to students from the FLEX program, Ukraine Global Scholars, Yale University, Harvard, and the London School of Economics, to the United Nations, to interns at the Ukrainian Parliament and at the Canadian Parliament, to top 1% students in Ukraine. But not only them. This project is for all Ukrainians, from all backgrounds. So if you wish to participate, send me a message on Instagram at aziz.future and join the Telegram channel Kiev Future. My goal is to make interviews with hundreds of Ukrainians and the world is listening. This podcast is already top 50 in the United Kingdom, France, Switzerland, and Monaco. Top 25 in Austria, Germany, Canada, Russia and Poland, top 15 in Australia, Italy, Spain, and Dubai, and top 10 in Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, South Korea, Singapore, and many other places because this is now officially the number one podcast on Apple about Ukraine. Together, we will break the stereotypes. Together, we will help all other countries discover and respect the greatness of Ukrainian people. And this good reputation will support the development of Ukraine, creating more opportunities for every Ukrainian to have a better life. So let's begin. My guest today is Polina Chalienko. Polina is a Flex alumna of 2019 a refugee from Donbass and a EU scholarship recipient 
and the EU scholarship recipient completing her IB diploma at Eastern Partnership European School in Tbilisi, Georgia. Polina has lived in three states so far, six cities, and changed eight schools. She loves volunteering, teaching English, reading, and traveling. Born in Donetsk, Polina participated in theater project for refugee teens and in various other interesting projects and activities. Her favorite quote is, all for the best. This quote is the best motivation that keeps her going. Polina, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm great, blessed, happy, excited, and honored to have you here. And I wish to begin with more about your emotions. So tell me something recently that you have been doing that has been giving you new emotions and making you feel truly alive. Well, um, I can say that at this moment, I'm on the vacation. And this is the first vacation, like the real vacation for three years now, since Corona time has started, it was hard. Uh, for me to go to the sea since all borders they were closed and um, three years ago it was flags so at this moment I'm on the official vacation uh, with my friend and just right now I came back from the new city I visited and I can say that traveling uh, is something that really keeps me alive and keeps me going as that motivation quote you read and yes, at this moment, I feel myself alive. I'm swimming in the sea and I'm making um, making a look. I don't have a huge number of deadlines till September. <laughs> so yeah, probably just right now, I feel myself pretty good. Thank you. So if I understood you and heard you correctly, for the last three years, you weren't able to go on vacation to the beach because first there was your flex exchange experience and then the pandemic hit and travel was restricted and therefore now to be able to swim in the beach it was also your first visit to the new city you are feeling alive and getting back those emotions that you missed and you have yearned for correct yes exactly I mean, I love new cities, and as you mentioned, I'm studying in Georgia at this moment, and I've been in Batumi just uh, this spring and this summer as well, but um, it was just the vacation after um, I had my study IB year, and it was just um, in and like it happened uh, by a number of circumstances uh, that came together. And this one uh, where I'm here right now, this is the first official vacation. Yes, you're, you're correct. Thank you. I have so many questions, but let's begin with your fascination with new cities. I don't know where that excitement or emotion begins, Maybe it's when you arrive with the airplane and exit the door and smell that different smell and feel the atmosphere. Or is it when you go to a city, 
you pay attention to the new architecture, the different faces and places? Or what is it about that experience that really is like the first moment where you realize, wow, I am really now in a new city? I think that starts when I... um when I'm packing my stuff, when I just take my luggage, a really funny story. I have blue, three blue luggages, uh, different sizes. And those luggages are traveling with me from the beginning of all times, as I remember myself. And they're, they're looking pretty good, even though they, I think they've been everywhere right now. And this moment when I just, take my blue luggage, one of them from the, uh, my wardrobe. And when I open it and I'm thinking about the uh, clothes and stuff I'm going to take with, my, uh, with me to the new city, that's the moment where I'm excited, where I really feel that spirit of new adventure coming. And then the airport that um, usually I have to wake up pretty early for the airport and I love those nights even though I sleep I don't sleep a lot because I'm too excited and then um, early morning when you when you are sitting in the car and driving to the airport all those small uh, pretty moments even before you're in the in the new state or in the new city just that atmosphere that makes me feel so good and so excited. So yeah, that's probably about the organization of everything. And then when you just come to the new place, you're enjoying every second. I don't know where it comes from, but since I remember myself, as you mentioned, I was born in Donetsk. And when the war has started in 2014, I was 12. Uh, my family started to move all around the Ukraine. And um, yeah, I think the excitement uh, when you feel that a new, new community is coming, new city is coming, it keeps me going. It keeps me feel alive. And I love new people. I love new places. I love your description. It was so emotional. So your three blue bags that have been traveling with you since forever that is the first thing that starts the engine that starts the excitement and emotion where you begin packing your bags then you cannot sleep that night because you're excited then when you're going to the airport by car or whatever every moment is special and then when you arrive to the new city you're enjoying every second and feeling alive correct exactly yes tell me about the relationship about be feeling excited and feeling alive is it the same thing what is the difference and is excitement the only way that you feel alive or what other ways are possible uh, no i think it's not the only um way for me to feel alive but um, yeah, the thing is, when I visit some some new place, or even when I travel to the place I've been before, but it's still traveling, I feel this emotion. And the closest thing to describe though that emotion is excitement. But 
it's just something that makes me feel that I'm going somewhere and I do feel myself pretty good but it's not the only thing I love I love the aesthetics of traveling and I love the aesthetics of life in general I'm just enjoying small but meaningful moments that I have um, and most of them are related to traveling but Sometimes I meet them, uh, them in just normal routine I have, but they still make me feel that here it's something small, but something is so meaningful that I want to, I want to enjoy it. I love that. Many people have a hard time seeing the beauty of little things, and like you said, meaningful small moments. First, did you always have that? Or did something in life or some experiences teach you the value of enjoying every moment and seeing the beauty and the meaning in every small thing? And second, how did you develop it? Like any person, uh, other person, if they don't have that and they want to learn how to do it, what would you teach them? I can say that uh, probably... I don't know where did it come from, but I can say for sure that um, some years ago, I couldn't repeat myself as I said it just a few minutes ago. But um, the experience that I had, um, the war and then my exchange here, which was actually pretty hard from time to time, that all made me feel sometimes so down and sometimes uh, so, like, it, it was hard from time to time. But by the end, when I'm sitting right here in the hotel room and uh, just saying the, these phrases, I can say that all that experience that I uh, had in my life, it just taught me to feel that, Every moment is meaningful. Every morning, uh, every moment you have uh, is enjoyable. It just depends on the point of view you're looking at this moment. And um, those that that quote you said, um, "All for the best." I really believe in it, just because even though you have some bad time and even though you feel yourself pretty sad right now, the thing is. Everything is what, what everything what is happened what, what happens to you just right now it all is going to be okay and it all is going to be for the best and you will understand it maybe today in the evening maybe tomorrow maybe in a few years but someday you will be like so grateful for that experience so yeah I think that's just about positive point of view what is pretty important when you're moving all the time. I agree with you. It reminds me of a quote that the journey has a meaning that the traveler doesn't know. So you as a traveler or live in your life, all that it's all for the best and it's to have faith in that until you discover it later. And tell me about this first. Did you swim today? Because you mentioned I'm at the beach, but I don't know whether you went and already 
began swimming and tanning or it's a plan that you'll do soon? I did swim today, yes. And yesterday and yeah, yeah, yesterday and today because I just came uh, here just yesterday. Uh, tell me about the emotions. No, tell me about the sensations when you are walking on the beach after some years of maybe you said Batumi, but I guess this is different when you're feeling the sand in your toes, felt the sun on your skin, felt, smelled the breeze, the salty breeze, maybe you swam and felt the water on your arms and legs and body. Tell me about the emotions that gave you, did you feel fully present or did you think <laughs> rather than be in that moment? Share that experience. Uh, I think all people who haven't been on the sea for a while uh, will be pretty sad listening to this podcast now. But I feel I feel myself so peaceful just because I love the sea, even though I hate swimming, actually. I love sitting near the sea. I love uh, the sound of waves. I love the atmosphere. I love the sun. But swimming is actually not about me at all. Um, but yes, I just feel that that I'm here and I'm in the summer and I'm enjoying the moment. I think that's just about their motivation for me to go or uh, to study this September because I had enough rest right now. <laughs> Tell me about peaceful. So you're not interested or excited about swimming, but if you sit near the water or the sea and you hear the waves and feel that, you feel peaceful. How is that emotion? How do you feel emotion in your body in general? I had some people, girls here who said, I feel emotions like colors. Another one, she said, it's like waves of energy. Another one, she said, when I'm angry, I feel like an explosion in my head and darkness in my eyes and I'm almost fainting. But when I'm falling in love, it's butterflies in my stomach and tingling in my arms like small insects. I mean, uh, as the person uh, who takes the class of English language and literature, I can say that all people you had uh, are using pretty good literal uh, devices. <laughs> For me, I think emotions are like waves, um, just... You, you just feel how it starts from uh, like your chest and then goes up and down and you just feel happy uh, or happy for me is a warm kind of feeling. And then when I'm angry, it's like really cold and then really hot and then again, really cold waves. So you kind of feel yourself um, in a pretty strange um situation and then yeah so peaceful is more about yellow color and small warm waves from the chest i think this is this is the peaceful for me yellow color and small waves from the chest correct yeah I'm i had another also student she used metaphor more she said 
When I am peaceful, it's like sitting near a sea that doesn't have any waves. But when I'm angry, it's like a storm. I mean, I can understand her, but for me, yeah, I think I, I think I can't imagine the sea without the waves. So for me, it's the sea with small waves. But yeah, it's peaceful sea. Thank you. And you're feeling excited at the same time. So where does the excitement go when you're feeling peaceful by the sea? I'm just silently excited. I can't say that um, that's about the bright excitement. It's not that excitement when I'm traveling to the airport in the morning. It is um, a peaceful happiness. And you feel excited in front of that happiness, but it's pretty warm and pretty nice excitement it's kind of a slow one thank you and tell me about theater is it something you enjoy is it something exciting for you that makes you feel alive or not as much as travel or how is that um theater is something i'm enjoying pretty much and i'm really trying to get uh, to catch every chance i uh, have to participate in some theater or projects theater um i don't know theater clubs um that that started when i uh, was in donetsk and i was studying i think in their second grade and i started to visit a theater club with my friends and We had a really, really good team there, and everybody was everybody was different age, but at the same time, we were a really good team. And then when the war has started, uh, my family moved, and firstly, we moved to Dnipro, and I didn't have a lot of opportunities to participate. Uh, the only chance for me was to um, take a part in a volunteering project for kids with disabilities where we were making um, uh, some theater plays for them. Actually, one of uh, your students in the podcast, uh, Polina Stenko from Nipro, she mentioned because we're classmates and we did that uh, charity thing together. So that was the closest uh, the closest theater project I had by that time. And then I had the US and I had a theater club over there. And that was pretty cool. And that uh, theater club gave me a true understanding of what is theater. And uh, people there, they were amazing. Their uh, group, the team, uh, it was something... I even don't know how to describe this. Um, I love them and I love the experience I had. And then after the US, I had um, an opportunity to participate uh, in the theater projects for kids from Donbass and Lugansk. And we went to, uh, to Germany to create a theater play about the war. And yeah, so somehow life gives me these opportunities to participate in some kind of theater uh, projects. And I love visiting theater. I love people there. 
about the feelings, I feel the the word I can use to describe my understanding of theater is community, because theater is about connections. Uh, theater is about deep understanding of each other because you're one team, you're playing together, and it doesn't matter what kind of role you have there, but even the smallest one is really important because like the viewer, they don't always look at the main characters. They look at the uh, common picture. So everybody is important there. And community and uh, friendship for me is theater. Community and friendship. And to make sure, is this what you understood in the U.S. that you said you understood the real uh, meaning of theater? Or what did you understand there that changed your perspective and approach to theater? I mean, um, when... When I was in the U.S., uh, there were a million of opportunities for me to uh, participate in some kind of uh, after-school clubs. But for some reasons, maybe just uh, it was a small dedication to my Donetsk uh, life, I decided to take theater, theater club after school. And I made my friends there uh, because we... when. We had two plays. One was in the autumn, and another one uh, it was in the spring. And that in the spring we had musical. Um, that group of people I met there, they were my first friends I had, and I think that's why theater is about community. And the new understanding of theater for me, I meant it in the way that I saw the. A real theater, how it actually was like real decoration, uh, really hard work. Because all theater I had um, a chance to see before, uh, they were in a small version, and in the US they had a pretty good um, stuff to organize the actual scene, the actual decorations, and everybody worked so hard. So. In this way, I understood how hard is it, but how important for me to work in the team. So, yes, in this way, I understood the real theater in the U.S. Thank you. And so you said to work in a team. I would like to ask you then, to you, what is the meaning of community and of friendship? Okay, uh, well, friendship and community... Um, a little bit different things for me since maybe this is my perspective as the person who changed too many communities but uh, has not probably not a huge number of friends. I have a pretty good uh, but a pretty small friendship group but they're different for me because community is about work together Community is about just general understanding and general um, respectful um, relationship to each other. And friendship is something deeper. So maybe some community um, rules are the base of friendship, but they're different for me. I see that importance. And so I'm curious, 
When it comes to sitting by the sea, do you prefer to do it alone so that you feel peaceful? Or is it important to have people around so that you can feel a sense of relationship, friendship, or anything? I mean, it really depends on the mood, actually. Uh, Sometimes I really need to be alone. And I'm pretty good with that. I... In my opinion, the most important thing the person can learn in life is uh, to be fine by himself. And only when you're okay being just by yourself somewhere, only when you're comfortable alone, you're, you, you have this chance to become a true friend, a good partner. So I'm good by myself. And sometimes I... I really need and I really enjoy the moment when I sit near the sea and that's only me sitting there. But actually, when the person that is really, really important for me and with whom I really love uh, participating in some activities and with whom I really love to talk, I would love to see to sit on the sea with that person. So it's it depends on the mood. I'm not against sitting with somebody, and I love that. Sometimes I need to sit by myself. So, yeah. I like what you're mentioning, a person that is important to you or you love, etc. Some of the girls who participated here, they said actually they never had instant connection with any person who became important to them that they need to spend time, like three, four meetings, and they try to understand first how the person thinks, uh, thinks if they can open up to that person, etc. Are you like that? Or can you feel with people instant chemistry and feel like you know them many years from the first moment? Or do you need a slow period of time to open up? Yeah, I'm probably the second option. Um, And I think that's because I had too many communities in my life and I I met too many people. Uh, I mean, I love people and I love talking with them. And I think I can uh, find the way to talk and uh, to open uh, the person, like every person or maybe probably the majority of them but I don't really like to open up uh, when the person in front of whom I'm opening up is someone like is a stranger for me so I I really need time and uh, for me it's pretty slow and for me friendship like it's pretty it's pretty interesting that uh, in English um, everybody is using the word friend and uh, it doesn't matter for how long you know the person it's actually it will be okay if you're using the word friend to them even though you know them like one day or if you know them for seven years and um, for me friend is someone I know for a pretty long time and I don't have a lot of friends. The majority of people I talk to and I love spending time with are just people I'm enjoying enough. 
and but but like the true friendship for me is only about the time and about their situations you've come through together and uh you had ups and downs and you know each other too good to open up in front of each other so yeah i need time i'm the second option yes you need time you need ups and downs and maybe traveling together to see different situations and maybe even in theater where you see them in different characters and how they behave in a good night and in a bad night etc yeah and a common thing among girls who said they need time to open up is they say they feel emotions inside but often their face is very serious very uh serious and closed even if their emotions are happy etc so if they're sitting in a park or shopping Sometimes people might think, why is that girl so angry, but she is not? And is that your situation? Did it happen to you? Maybe when you went to Flex, you tried to smile more because people thought you're someone who's closed? Or do you have an expressive kind of face? I mean, I actually have uh, a lot to say about that. So firstly, I think um, it's in their understanding of Americans, all Slavic people are pretty rude, sad, and serious, but it's not true. I think we're just um, we're just more closed in some terms, but it makes us uh, real uh, because when Sla- the Slavic person is smiling, it's, it means that he actually feels that emotion, that not because he is trying to be polite. And yes, when I went to Flex, I knew that thing and I was trying to smile as much as I could. And I think that uh, that kind of attempt led me to the situation when I couldn't express something else. I was too used to express happiness and I used to smile all the time. And I found myself pretty close to show whatever emotion, like negative one I had. So I think I'm pretty, I'm like, I'm not hiding my emotions. And uh, even in Ukraine, sometimes people are saying that I'm smiling too much. Um, But I'm actually considering myself as a positive type of people. But when I feel sad or when I feel serious, or when I'm angry, I never hide it. Uh, but if I will feel happy, I will never hide that as well. So I think I'm pretty honest with myself and with people around about my emotions. Thank you. Although you need time to open up emotions, so it seems to me a pretty contradictory, but I can Absolutely. understand that humans can have different things. And I, you live in Georgia. And I noticed in Ukraine, there is this fascination with Georgian cuisine. People consider it like the best. And they even view it, if I think about how many Georgian restaurants compared to Italian, I think more Georgian. So maybe they think it's better than Italian food. Is that your experience? Are you, do you consider yourself lucky in the uh, culinary way when you're in BLC eating tasty food 
often and find it to be great. Or you're a girl on a diet all the time, so you don't get to enjoy it. Or that's not important to you. I mean, uh, I think altogether. Um, so I think this description, um, I should start it that when I was in the US, I gained a lot of weight. I think I gained like 20 or 25 kilograms over there. And um, when I um, came back from the US to Ukraine. No, but first, why? Is it because you said that year had some hard times or because fast food so was tasty and big, so you enjoyed it? If you were to analyze, since you like to reflect, why did you gain that weight first? And then tell me when you returned, etc. what happened? I mean, I think altogether, uh, American food just in general, I think it's not as healthy as Ukrainian one. And my family, um, my family, everybody, like every person in my family is a huge fan of healthy food. And we always have soups, salads, etc., and in the U.S., when I went uh, to host family, I actually had three host families. So uh, when I went there, I had this chance to escape from a healthy lifestyle. And um, at first, I thought that it's the best opportunity in my life. So I ate as much as possible, everything I wanted. I enjoyed every candy I had. And yeah, I gained a lot. And for sure, I had stress and for sure, I had some hard times. And uh, I'm that kind of uh, people that when I'm stressed, I'm eating. I'm not that one who can't eat. I'm the one who orders McDonald's uh, and cries and eats. So uh, I gained a lot and that was for a million of reasons. Um, and... When I came back uh, to Ukraine, I actually met this um, kind of superstitions about the American food. And I had some even mean comments to me that, oh, like, you're huge. Because I actually, like, I wasn't in my best shape. And um, some of people I know, they mentioned that... Um, it, it looks that I had a pretty tasty year. And I mean, they're not wrong. I did have a pre pretty tasty year. <laughs> but uh, then I lost. I lost, I think, even more than I gained. I lost like 30 kilograms. And I keep losing weight uh, because I'm growing like in length. And um, I kind of, now I'm not even trying to do it. It just, I think my body just goes to normal uh, shape, how it's supposed to be. But um, coming to Georgia, I was pretty excited, uh, exciting, uh, exciting before, be, uh, before the Hachapuri uh, and before the, um, all other types of Georgian food I expected to have there. And I was enjoying, but... The thing is, when you're in Ukraine and you're going to the Georgian restaurant, you do this just like once in a month and you're eating and you're happy and you're coming back home and eating just normal Ukrainian food. And over there, I had hachapuri every day in my, like, 
in the school we have a dining room where we are all eating and i was so tired and i'm actually so tired of georgian food and i love ukrainian one right now and i i'm not enjoying hachapuri or hinkali anymore i'm eating salads over there just because i'm tired of all unhealthy but so tasty food <laughs> thank you so for you though when you travel to a new place for example now in montenegro is it one of your traditions or important things though to visit and try the local food and taste it and enjoy it or are you now focused on healthy food so no matter where you are you stick to soup and salad i mean um i i think right now i'm on that point of understanding myself um because it's been two years even more uh since i kind of was in the u.s and i actually had a lot of problems with diet it was pretty hard for me to understand how to feel myself how to understand the hunger how to have a good diet uh and at this moment i'm eating everything i want but uh, i feel that you need to eat to feel yourself like to feed up but you don't need to overeat just because you're like enjoying it too much so for sure i'm trying everything i'm eating everything but in small doses when i really wanted and i never stop myself to eat something just because it's unhealthy i can have a small bite uh, but i will have it thank you so much tell me about teaching english what is interesting for you about that and how does it feel what does it add to your life i mean there i think it has started when i came back from the us and i started thinking that now i have this language now i know english i know grammar and even though i believe that every person always has a space to grow uh and i can't say that my english is the best <laughs> all over ukraine that's not true for sure but i understood that there is a chance for me to practice and actually i was pretty afraid to lose that language to lose my accent and everything actually i think i lost my american accent uh i did have it and at first i started tutoring for free i was volunteering with some um small kids i i knew and then those parents of those kids uh they 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 started to share the information about me and i had some volunteering experience and then i started to earn money from that and um that was pretty successful too and i was teaching english for two years and then even like i think this spring i joined the program the program the program that is focusing on the volunteering teaching so again i came i came back to teaching english voluntarily because i decided to quit my job uh, that i had before when i started to be an ib 
student because it was too hard to uh, study and to work at the same time. But uh, to use their opportunity to volunteer, to use that volunteer, uh, their opportunity to help someone, I still love it. And the thing why I love teaching is probably about the people. Uh, it's probably about the connection you feel with your students. Because when you, I think I'm a pretty open-minded person and I love talking, actually, <laughs> as you could notice. So, and I love every student I had. Um, and I love that moment when you understand that you actually became students. When, oh, oh, when you actually became friends, I'm sorry. When you feel that these people are someone you actually want to meet. Uh, you're not going to work or to volunteer anymore. You actually, you actually are going to meet with your old friends and to talk in English with them. So that's the kind of spirit about the teaching and tutoring and volunteering I love. I like that very much. And you seem to be attuned to your emotions. So if people who have been through the pandemic, they feel really stuck or depressed or negative or that their life is a bit hopeless, how did you deal with it? How did you maintain your mental health? And what advice can you give that can support them maybe in what to do and how to regain a, self, a sense of balance and a sense of life? I think that's about the thing you actually enjoy to do. So um, we all have things that we must do, we must study, we must work, we must help someone. We always have family, friends, um, students, like whatever, uh, we always must do something. And behind that must, we always have some things we want. And even though in uh, modern reality, everybody keeps their motivation and their kind of priority on the word must, it's really important to remember about things you want to do and just add them even by a little bit to your normal daily routine. Just if you want to meet with your friends, if you want to be alone, if you want to go somewhere to travel, if you want to read, to watch a movie, to sleep, just like do this. Make it, It's a lie that people don't have time because if you schedule, if you actually want something, you will always do this. So I believe that word must is important, but the word, the word want is even more important. And that's important to remember. Thank you very much, Paulina. And if people wish to follow you on social media, what is the best way to do that? And I'll make sure to write it in the description. And are there any other projects or projects you're involved with now or you support and want to raise awareness about? Please speak about them now. Um, yes, for sure. At first, I will tell my Instagram. I think it's the best way to reach me out. Um, 
it's Chalenko. I think if you will write it down somewhere in the description, people will be able to look for it. And about the project, actually, um, if someone is listening to this podcast just in a few days after that came out, uh, their volunteering project I was talking about, the future of Europe, um, it's that one uh, theater with which I went to the to Germany, and uh, those guys are really good in what they're doing, and uh, they're looking for people, for t- teenagers mostly from. Uh, occupied regions like Donetsk, Crimea, Lugansk. And uh, they are making another theater play. Um, And they're looking for participants. So actually, guys, if you want to participate and if you're you're a refugee and if you love theater and if you want to travel and meet a huge and the best group of people you've ever met... Uh, the project is called The Future of Europe. You can find them on Instagram or you can just text me on Instagram and I will send you their profile. Uh, the deadline is actually in a few days, so it's better to work it out as fast as possible. Thank you so much, Paulina. It was a privilege, a pleasure and a great conversation and I wish you a great day. Thank you. Thank you, too. It was a pretty good experience and it was um, the best opportunity I think I had to share something about myself to others. 